This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very excited that you guys are here with us today for a beer episode. And we're going to be, because it's uh, it's currently Pi Day, uh, the one we're recording this, so March 14th. And since we're coming up, there's another holiday coming up, right, Josh? There's just another one, another you know, little one called St. Patrick's Day. Oh yeah. And so we decided to do some Irish beer since it's right around when we're recording. So, Dad, what are you doing this week? I'm doing Guinness Irish style. Okay. And what are your foods to go along with it? Oh, my foods are the Kerry Gold Dubliner with Irish style cheese, and then I have. Standard old fish and chips. Okie dokie. Not fries, chips. Well, but for all of us Americans, you know, they are French fries. Fries and chips. And then I'm going to be doing the Smithwick's Irish Red, or Smithwick's number one for some of our international folks. And then my foods, I have some corned beef, I have Irish soda bread, and in honor of Pi Day and, you know, just being a good beer, Pairing, I think so. We have a four cheese pizza. All right, sounds go good. With so, before we get started, let's talk about the wine blind from last week. Oh, it wasn't last week, but it was the week before because last week we did cocktails. No, cocktails, wine, and then beer. Oh, that's right. I accidentally, I accidentally put the wrong thing on. Oh, that's but, right. No, but I'm, I changed, I'm, I changed it on social media. Okay, so. I mentioned that too. But no, from last week, the blind. I thought it was a what I say a new world. Pinot Noir, because it didn't have a whole lot of tannin structure, light bodied. Yeah, that's that's what I recall that you said. It was New World. Well, and what was it, Dad? You said New World what? Pinot Noir. Well, it's not a Pinot Noir, and it's not New World. This is Reserva Barbarella, Barbareslo, a product of Italy, and it's a 2013. Yeah, so Barbaresco, made from the Nebbiolo grape. I was, you know, I... Going it, back to that wine, the tannins kind of got you. Yeah, and it it was weird. Like as it warmed up, the tannins showed out a whole lot more than when I was actually tasting it, or I just knew what it was and I knew what I was looking for. So, well, we did but, drink the rest of it. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> after did for the podcast. We did finish, you know, most of the bottles last week. But no, that was a good one. So yeah, this it's highly, ra- you know, it's rated uh, eighty six uh, out of a uh, hundred. Yeah. And then over Ravino, it's uh, three and a half stars. And you know how that is. People will say, some people put three as really good, but not fantastic. So you never know what that really means to the person that scored it. Yeah. So And it's uh, reasonably priced. It's about 20 bucks. It's a, it's a good bottle. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, definitely delicious bottle at that point. So we're going to head into our Irish beers. We're going to start with mine this week. All right. From lighter to dark. So I have the Smithwick's Irish Red Ale, or the Smithwick's number one, kind of what I found out when I was doing some research, that um, it's actually in other parts of the world it's labored as Smithwick's number one. Uh, I didn't know that either. Because it was their first beer that they made. Okay. Once again, my foods, I've got some corned beef, and I have some Irish soda bread, and then some four cheese pizza. I think Dad and the pairing order mm-hmm. will probably go to um, the bread, the pizza, and then to the corned beef. Yeah, okay. Or if you want to put, you know, some of the corned beef on the bread, it's really <laughs> kind of what it's kind of it's wild west. Yeah. It's the wild west over here. Now, where'd uh, you get the soda bread, Josh? So everything on my plate today is from Trader Joe's. Yeah, okay, no uh, problem. So the corned beef, it was like, I don't know if it was pre-corned, but I actually like, you know, boiled it on the stove. Mm-hmm. Irish soda bread, it was already made in the same mm-hmm. with the, the pizza, which is just a frozen pizza that I added some more of their four cheese blend to. Yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and get into this. So what do you see when you look at this beer and what do you smell? Okay, well, trying to look at it. It's a uh, dark reddish color. Yeah. I've got a lot of nice head. Definitely like a good amber, mm. really rich ruby amber color. And I'm smelling it, and, uh, you know, there's some good stuff going on in that nose. Oh, yeah. Uh, sweetness, uh, almost like molasses. I don't know. Yeah. Are you getting that? I'm getting some of that, like, mm-hmm. really roasty, mm-hmm. full, full malty kind of flavor going on. 
So it's classified as a a red ale? It's a red ale, yep. Yeah, so you don't normally get all that uh, roasted barleys with a red ale. They're usually... In yeah. my mind, they're usually a little lighter than this. They, you know, on the nose, they can be. Um, mm-hmm. So I was looking at one of the international beer judging um, mm-hmm. sheets on this. And it seems like it can go a wide range from kind of light, lightly malted to more heavily malted. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Depending on how they do it. And this was one of the standard beers that they said to, you know, kind of check out. But it smells, you know, it smells really roasty, real malty, real sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, not really much hop flavor going on in it no i'd say it's malt forward mm-hmm. yeah this is definitely a malt forward beer man that palate is delicious mm-hmm. it's nice easy light malty roasty almost a little like candy almost yeah that's why candy. i said the molasses because that's almost like candy right it's almost like you know it's not like as bitter as sweet as like regular molasses it's almost like sorghum Mm-hmm. Okay. That reminds me okay. of some sorghum molasses we've had before. Okay. But now, go- some of our international listeners may not know what that is. <laughs> yeah, so sorghum sorghum is a plant that's grown here in the United States, especially in the South, that is a, it's kind of like a, a grain. Mm-hmm. It's used, you can cook it and make molasses out of it. So it's kind of, it was a cash crop for people who couldn't grow sugar, but still wanted to have have molasses. At first it looks like corn coming up. Yeah. Or maize. And then it gets this big head of, of the flour Uh of the grain. Yeah. So, yeah. And no, well, great. My great grandpa had a sorghum processing mill. Is that right? Yeah. My grandfather, your great grandpa. Anyway, but it has that kind of like sweeter flavor. So, Mm mm-hmm. Dad, as I get into some of the history, why don't you go ahead and start doing some of the pairings, and then when I'll, I'll stop, and then you can kind of let us know uh, what your okay. what your kind of take okay. on it. So Smithwick's is they can they're considered one of the oldest breweries in Ireland. They trace their heritage all the way back to the 13th century. Oh when, my goodness! Yeah. Oh wow! When <laughs> Catholic monks came to Ireland. And started brewing in the St. Francis Abbey in Kilkenny, Ireland. Okay. Uh, Kilkenny, I can't, I can't, I can never place where I know Kilkenny from, but it's Mm -mm. it's a name that sounds very familiar to me. Um, And you know, the monks there brewed until the Reformation in 1537, when they were actually forced to close. Oh. You know, during this time, there was a whole lot of Catholic oppression. In Ireland, yeah, and the Protestant, like the Protestant Reformation, it's like you couldn't be openly Catholic, like you couldn't own land or run for a political office if you were Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost couldn't worship openly be- when you were Catholic, and that's that hostility, you know, led to some of the things we've talked about before when we've talked about Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and um, some of the troubles. But John Smithwick moved to Kilkenny. In, in the 1700s. Okay. Um, in the early 1700s, he was Catholic, mm-hmm. and so he couldn't, you know, he couldn't own land. He couldn't run, you know, do anything. But he partnered with a guy named John Cole, who leased um, some land and started brewing there. So is this Northern Ireland? No, it's actually Ireland. Okay. Yeah, it's not in Northern Ireland. It's Kilkenny, Ireland. Well, you confused me when you said he couldn't own land because he's Catholic. Well, this is back. This is back when England was over them oh, okay. and all the Protestant right. Reformation was happening. Right. right, okay. Before some of that independent, some of that actually mm. happened. Okay, gotcha. And because of this, he actually had to like market in secret. Couldn't have his name on the beer. Couldn't really openly sell his beer. But luckily he was a good... But he could openly drink it, right? Well, he could openly <laughs> drink it, yeah. But <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't do you any good as a business if you're just drinking all your stores. But, you know, he had some good business savvy and was able to sell it to pubs. And, I mean, this is a great product that, you know, people would sell it, but he just couldn't openly market it. And, you know, if pubs were selling it, they're like, oh, this is just, you know, an ale, mm-hmm. you know, and a local ale, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, so, well, I've seen you've been uh, snacking a little bit. What you got going on? I want to know what's in... The soda bread. Are those raisins? So they're a raisin. Usually, I mm-hmm. look at the, mm-hmm. the ingredients in this, but usually in Irish soda bread, there are raisins and caraway seeds. 
I got the caraway seeds. Yeah, and then it's and then raisins. The, and then I think it's raisins. Mm-hmm. So with the the sweetness of the raisins goes very well with the sweetness of this beer. Now the caraway seeds give you that tartness that is a contrast to this beer. And so, and then the soda bread, it itself has some sweetness from that soda. Mm-hmm. So you've got a whole thing going on in your mouth. It's great mouthfeel of the bread, the sweetness of the raisins, the bitterness of the caraway seeds, and then the sweetness of the beer. So it's, you know, my mouth's real happy over it. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> to say it that way. Yeah, the, those caraway seeds, you know, really kind of kill that initial perceived sweetness in the beer. Mm-hmm. And just gives you that earthy roastiness. That's right. From the beer, which I think is great. That's another way to say it. So this beer is 4.5%. Oh, okay. So it's not going to put you back. Right. But it's nice, full-flavored, light light alcohol. I mean, 4.5, that's, that's kind of bud light level, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, look at the can on the Guinness. I think it's about the same. Guinness, where are you? I have to put I it. I don't have that memorized. They have to put it on here. Yeah. But I think it's four or something. Anyway. Well, never mind. Hand me the... I'll figure it out. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. It's nice and light on the alcohol side. You can have a couple of these and it's not going to not gonna put you back. Put you back a little bit. But moving forward, talking about just some of the history of, of Smithwick's. You know, John's son, Edward. So, John and Edward. Hmm. Over there. Hey, yeah. John and Edward. Yeah. Uh, so Edward Smithwick finally got, finally was able to get their name on their gate to their brewery, mm-hmm. but not until 1827. So around 100, probably around 100 years after they had started brewing, they finally were able to market themselves with their own name. And between the 1850s and the 1860s, they upped their production from 5,000 barrels to 40,000 barrels. So that's, you know, eight times as much within 10 years. That is, yeah. And back in the 1800s, that's a, that's a massive production hike. Yeah. And to keep, you know, keep everything cool. But, you know, Ireland's, not, you know, Ireland's also known for having some bad times going on around this time. And during the famine of, 18, of 1847, Edmund, who was mayor, so some of those Catholic restrictions had been lifted, who was mayor and had been mayor like three or four times, Put business aside and started a soup kitchen okay. with his local rival to help feed people of the of awesome. their of their village, just to make sure profit's not always the most important thing. If you don't if you don't have anybody, if everyone dies of hunger, right? No one can drink a beer, right? So you got to help them out. And by the way, the ABV of the Guinness is four point two. Okay, so right around the same. So did you try the I'm the just, corned beef? I'm just getting into the corned beef now. Those are really good corned beef. Really good, you know. So it's not, it's not preserved. This corned beef is not preserved, so you have to keep it like before you cook it. And mm-hmm. afterwards, you have to keep it refrigerated. It's right. not like deli meat. But it's really good. Again, there's some good sweetness with this uh, corned beef, and I don't know if it comes from the all the different herbs they use. I mean, the curing of it because it's really isn't it really just a brisket? It's pickled brisket. Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pick, it's basically pickled brisket. And for the listener's sake, I always eat the fat. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. That's so, some of that sweetness too. That pickly, briny, mustardy flavor that corned beef has is really nice. And then, you know, the beer actually holds up to it because mm-hmm. it's got enough body to it. And this actually shows the beer is sweeter mm-hmm. than you know, when you taste it by itself. And then, you know, so they've just been continuing to move their production up. They started exporting in the late 1800s, and they're, they consider themselves Ireland's favorite beer, or Ireland's number one beer. Okay. It's <laughs> Smithwick's. And I think maybe because, you know, who knows? I don't know if it's sold more, but that's just kind of one of the things they put about mm-hmm. in, in their own marketing. Mm-hmm. But it's been really cool to like learn a little bit more about 
like this beer style itself because I usually don't drink red. I usually don't drink reds. They're not in many bars and not many pe- not many people make them mm-hmm. that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I've been kind of looking up, you know, they can go from low to like kind of like we're having here that little candy sweetness. Usually no no hop flavor, so the hops are the hops are there, but they're not really there, but they can be there if you want them to. So it this beer kind of gives you a a a nice play as a brewer um, to kind yeah. of fiddle with it and make it your own. And it's just, it's a, it's a really good beer. I forgot how much I like this beer. I haven't, yeah. had, I haven't had one in probably 10 years. What? Yeah. It's not one I normally drink either. Yeah. Cause I mean, the only two big, big red ales that I know of are Smithwick's and Killian's. Right. Mm-hmm. And usually I don't know of, well, I think Ohari. I know a couple of places that have them on tap. If anywhere has them on tap right now in town, right? I think Ohari's is a red, but we don't get get it here. Mm. And you're right; it's hard to find them to begin with, and it's especially hard to find them on tap. Yeah, they may do a tap thing this time of year mm-hmm. and put it on a tap somewhere. Yeah, but still, it's almost like you know most people think of when they think of Irish beer, they think of Guinness or harp or harp. But neither of those are a red ale. Right. Or they think of, you know, green Bud Light. Right. (laughs) This is gross. So why, Josh, do some people drink green beer on St. Patrick's Day? I don't know. Well, green beer isn't actually a traditional Irish way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Mm Mm-hmm. There were times, Josh, I'd go to St. Patrick's Day and I'd wear my white tennis shoes and I'd come home and they had all kinds of little green spots on them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not surprised by that at all. Well, there has historical uh, relevance to a not known fact that's used to call beer. And that is green beer isn't necessarily what they were talking about to begin with was not that it's green in color right but that what is but that it was green because it was not ready and that it caused stomach issues (laughs) now back in those days when i would drink the green beer and then i know there's a there's an event right now over at rusty tractor Mm. where they're doing green beer and other things. That didn't appeal to me. But I think what happens is a lot of people would drink that green bud or bud light right. to the extent that they would get green. green. <laughs> they would turn green <laughs> with it. That's funny. Uh, so that's kind of the story. Uh, it kind of originated in uh, the early 1900s. Probably in, you know, New York starts a lot of things. So right. that's probably where it started. It could have started in Boston. It could have. But what I'm, what I'm reading here implied that it was, you know, at some bar in New York City. Ah. You know, kind of the social club thing. Well, here's an interesting Irish fact, Irish-American fact for you. Where, I'll ask it as a question, where is the largest per capita Irish-American group of people in the United States? I would say New York City. Okay. No. Okay, I missed it. It's not Boston. A lot of people think of Boston as a big Irish area. Mm -hmm. It is Butte, Montana. What? Butte, Montana has the highest per capita. Oh, you're making that up. No, I am dead dead serious. (laughs) And they're, they're known for it. I mean, they have a a massive Irish population. Wow. Irish heritage population there. And they have a, from what I hear, a massive St. Patrick's Day party. Okay. The town basically shuts down. Okay. Like, I think back in the day, you know, when, you know, Butte's a a mining town for copper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the mine would shut down on St. Patty's Day. Well, that's it. Was probably the Irish workers that were working that, that mine. That's and what, so they had to shut it down because they weren't going to come to work anyway. Right, and so that was it. You know, there was an influx of Irish immigrants to right. Butte for to work in the mine, in the copper mines, 
right there in the anaconda mine right um, so but yeah it's butte montana has the largest per capita okay you got me on that irish one. that's cool yeah irish population in the united states how i thought, big, that, I thought how was big cool is too. butte i don't know it's not very big well it's not a million people or anything no I don't even think there's rare. There's barely over a million people in the state of Montana. Well, they're about yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's probably about the it's probably about the size of maybe Little Rock. Oh, okay. So not a not a massive population, but just per capita, like okay. the percentage is the highest there. Well, I, we both tried the corned beef. Yeah, and I had the pizza, and it, this is a very very pizza friendly beer. It hits the it hits it right down the middle. You get the bitterness of the beer, you get the sweetness of the beer, because this is a four cheese pizza so you have some like kind of funky italian cheese flavors going on in it and it just it's it's really good you know i think this beer could hold up to almost almost anything you throw at any pub food would be phenomenal mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. beer and i you know it could hold up to some higher some higher um class is the wrong word but um more elegant more elegant dishes than pub food but you know i it's it's fantastic where it is this is also just a good drinking well, beer. Well, you know, a Guinness pie or some other kind of pie. Mm-hmm. Meat pies. Yeah. You know, I, but I think this is just a good drinking beer. It is a good beer. You know, with it being lower in alcohol, yeah. it's full flavored. Um, you sit, Like you said, you can have a sit, sit and have a couple and not really be worried about it. Now, I think if the, the Bud Light people or the Bud people would get over that color thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're laughing, so you know. If they get over a beer having color. Right. <laughs> they could probably drink this beer because it's, it's low in the alcohol. It's sweet. Right. Uh, it's, not, it's not an IPA where the hops are going to knock them down and slap them in the face. You know, it's a really... Yeah. Now I'm not going to say it's a, it's a Bud Light killer. No, it is definitely not. I, but, think, I think it has too much... Bitterness, and there's not a whole lot of bitterness. I think mm-hmm. the IBUs of this is like forty some odd. Mm-hmm. No, it's way low. it's lower than that. I don't know what it is. The IBUs of this is a lot lower, but I think it would be the bit the perceived bitterness that would kind of make some people go, "Ooh, yeah, that's, that's true. so bitter." So I'm with you on the cheese, the pizza. Yeah, it's it's really good. Do you know what cheeses are in there? You said five cheeses. Four cheeses. Okay. Asiago, Parmesan, mozzarella, and Fontina. Mm. I'm pretty sure are the four. Okay. It's okay. a it's a good little thing. So I the you know, it's, um I I really enjoyed this. Do you have any other questions about no, the Smithwicks? All right. It's a good beer. Yeah. Now. I really enjoy it. We we did a half and half. Yes, we did. And you get a good picture of it? I I did get a good picture of it. It's more blended now. So, listeners, this particular, all the half and halves probably have another name to them. Yes. And do do you know what this uh, name is, Josh? I do not. Okay. Well, it's called a blacksmith. Oh, a blacksmith. Yeah. So, for people who don't know, what we're talking about is. So we, when you have Guinness on nitro, it will actually float on top of other beers when it's poured properly. So you can do half your glass of a particular beer and then basically float Guinness on top of it. And the original black and tan is, wait. No. It's Let me tell the story. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Let me, uh, you tell the story because I almost made the mistake. You, you did. almost did. So if you go to Ireland and you want a half and half, and a true half and half in Ireland is harps on the bottom, Guinness on top. Because they're both made by the same brand Half company. and half. Now, if you make the mistake and say, I want a black and tan, we have some friends, and I can't remember the whole story, who the people were that first told me this story, but they went to Ireland, and one of their friends ordered a black and tan. And the other people ordered the Guinness, other people ordered the Harps, some other people ordered something else, maybe a Smithwich. And somebody else ordered a half and half. All the beers Wait, came. a half and half or a black and tan? 
Somebody ordered a black and tan. Okay. Somebody ordered a half and half. Somebody right. else ordered again as blah, 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 blah. Got Everybody got their beer. Except the person that ordered black and tan. And he's, he's, he's just kind of, he's, he's getting upset. And what was the problem? A black and tan is English bass ale and Guinness. Right. Now, the English and the Irish are not really friends. Uh, no. So that's what happened. Don't go over there and make that mistake. So, order a half and half. So, no, there's other half and halves. That, right. And you so, can specify that you wanted the Smith. Right. So, this is called a, this is, you know, you call it a black, a blacksmith. So, we've got Smithwicks on the bottom and then Guinness on top. And another one is a snake bite. Do you know what a snake bite is? I've forgotten. Tell me. A snake bite is um, cider. It's a hard cider and Guinness on top. Mm-hmm. You have a black and tan. You have a half and half. Mm-hmm. Now, back when um, uh, New Belgium was making their ship, their beer shift. Yeah. Remember, we did night shifts. We yes, do we half did. Shift and so you can really do it with whatever, yeah. with kind of whatever beer you want. There's even one. Uh, I think it's called a Black Star. Where it's champagne or sparkling wine on bottom and then Guinness on oh, top. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> I, don't uh, know. That'd be... I don't know. I don't know if I would call that fun. I mean, it may be fun in the moment, but the next day may not be may not be too fun. But um, you know, this is a. I mean, this is a good representation of you know kind of what it what it's about. Well, and and Guinness hasn't been doing the nitro forever. Not forever. Well, yeah, it's a newer technology. They started it in 1959. So that's how all that, you know, half and half kind of thing started. Mm-hmm. Once they did the nitro. And what we're, what we're doing today, of course, I don't have a tapper in this house to, to pull our beer through the nitro. Guinness is really smart about it. They make Guinness nitronated cans. And they also make the bottles. Well, to me, the can works better. Yeah. And when you open that can, you get that, not just the pop of the can opening, but you get that diffusion of the nitro into the beer at that point. Yeah. And I really like it. Well, and so if you've ever seen a Guinness poured in a bar, you'll notice that they never pour it all the way up at once. And they mm-hmm. never, they have to, you pour it part way. And you let the beer fall, which all nitro beers have to fall because nitrogen is lighter than air. Mm-hmm. So it actually will rise up through the beer. And it creates a, well, we talked about this during the, when we did the left-hand nitro milk stout. Mm-hmm. It, may, it creates like a, a silky, like a lighter consistency within the beer and a more coating mouthfeel. So do you have the certificate? Dad, have I been to Ireland? No. No. So the answer is no. I do not have... Okay, David Christopher and Marie, I think. They both have it. They both have it. Well, your dad could have had it. But for some reason, when he was going through the museum at St. James Gate, he missed the turn and took the turn to to where they pour my beer. Because you get a free beer at the end of the end of the museum. Right. Even... Even if you go and get the certificate, which means they show you how to pour the perfect beer. Now, I have a friend, and unfortunately, he he died of cancer, named Donald. Not his Irish Donald. Donald. Yeah. Not Donald. Not Donald. 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 And he's a big Irish guy. And I'd watch him drink those Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he would drink two or more to my one. Oh, wow. And in fact, the last time I saw him, I was in Denver and we were at a, we were, had a meeting and uh, he, he had the cancer and he said, I want to meet you for a beer after the meeting. And I said, you're not supposed to be drinking beer. And he said, shh, don't tell my wife. We're just <laughs> going to have one. Well, he drank two. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was so much a perfectionist about his Guinness, the perfect pour, there has to be like this menesis over the top 
of the pint. Yeah. Not just partly full or even full. It has to be over full with that liquid manesis. Yeah. It's got to so, have that nice little bubble. Nice on little cur- curved bubble on mm. top. That's why I sent a beer rack one time because it was it was a quarter of an inch short. Oh my goodness! But I mean, you know, you want the perfect pour. <laughs> you don't want to, you know, get gypped out on your beer. I guess we're uh, transitioning. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to move over. All right. Again, for my snacks, I have this Irish cheese with Irish stout in it, and then I have the fish, and then the chips. And these are not the French fry shape. These are potatoes cut on the edges. Okay. So that's the difference between, you know, fries and chips. So we will, we can start with the cheese and go to the fish and go to the chips, or you can go to the chips and then the fish, either one. Right. So if you don't know this, Guinness is black. It is, it is black. It is deep. It is taking in all the light. Even though we have poured these, you know, over a half an hour ago, there's still a nice little head on top, and that's partly because of the nitro right? Um, that's in there and just how it is. You know, I always, like, when I drink a Guinness, I like to see the uh, the line of the head that falls, that kind of goes down and covers the glass as <laughs> as I'm drinking it. So Guinness started with a man named Arthur Guinness. And he was born in 1725. And at 1752, he inherits 100 pounds from his godfather. Now we're thinking 100 pounds. Now 100 pounds back in 1752. It's a lot of money. Was a whole lot more money. So then what he did is he, on December 31st, 1759, which was four years later, he signs a 9,000-year lease on a small, disused, and ill-equipped property at St. James Gate. 9,000-year? 9,000-year lease. Now, can't go can't out there you. and get a 9,000-year lease today. <laughs> Is that rent control too? Can't, can't raise a rent. <laughs> well, I think years? I think it probably was, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a long, not as long as the story you told, but there is a long history uh, of Guinness, and it is in Dublin. And so uh, I see I see that you started a snack over there. Yeah, I'm hungry. Okay. So the cheese, the cheese is kind of bitter. Mm. It's got a lot of like nice big salt, salty kind of crystals in it, which is really good. But just a note about Guinness as a beer. Everyone always thinks that Guinness, because it's color and that, you know, you see it kind of like stained down the glass, that it's going to be this thick, oily, heavy beer. And it is not. No. Guinness is light on the palate. It's th- it's almost thin for a stout. Like if you put a, if you put other stouts next to it, right. it will be probably if not the most thin, it will be one of the thinnest stouts mm-hmm. on in the lineup. But it packs so much roasty, bittery flavor. But there's also like a light sweetness that goes through it, and it is it's a great beer by itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he started no. He, Arthur Guinness, he actually started making porter. Yeah. And uh, he had his porters going to India. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's a, it, we call it an extra stout, or it can be called that. And so that may be where it gets its name because it's got this porter that can travel. Well, remember, if you remember back to our porter episode when we mm-hmm. talked about porters and stouts and the namings of it, you know, it was, it had to do with like the amount of malt and how, like how big the beer was. Right. So like an extra stout would be a bigger version of the stout. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have anything about how it's different in different countries? 
Well, no, but <laughs> people you swear by it. I will swear by it as well. Of course, two things. You go to Ireland, you, you're going to get it on tap. And yeah, you can still buy the can or the whatever, but it tastes different. It tastes better somehow. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just being there makes it better. Well, no, but even I have, I know like, I mean, you've said it, Marie said it. A lot of people I know have said it, that Guinness like legitimately tastes different. It's creamier in Ireland. Even if it's on draft here versus draft in Ireland. Right. It just, it tastes different. Right. So, 17... 1799, there's a new heir because Arthur Guinness II kind of takes over the family business. We could, I could go on long and long and long with their history. And I agree with you about the cheese. It's got a bittering mm-hmm. taste to it. Right. And maybe that's the Irish stout that's somehow in this cheese. I don't know, I don't know enough about how they made this cheese. Right. But it's uh, it's different than that Irish cheese we had before. It is very different than regular Dubliner, right? Because this is also like it's it's a it's drier, it's crumblier, it's crumblier. But it's it's a good cheese. It just to me, this is a cheese that needs like a drink or needs something with it, like some type of fruit or because of how bitter and how dry it is, like. It's almost like when you eat a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah. And your mouth just kind of like. The chef's Just kind of like sticks yeah. together. And they just get, this kind of has that effect. So it needs something to go with it. And I think this beer goes quite well with it. Yeah. So have you tried the fish yet? No. Uh oh. I'm going to abstain from the fish. You know, your mom said that. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> just not feeling that today. Oh. And the, the cheese actually makes the beer more watery. Like it thins it. Well, even you said more. thinner, yeah. Well, no, but it tastes Guinness tastes that way to me. It on its on its own, very thin, not real coating, just kind of like a regular beer. Uh, but the cheese really like knocks out a lot of those big roasty flavors because it is a big cheese. Mm-hmm. It's not a funky cheese. It's just a big, full flavor, full flavored, dry, sharp cheese. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what's the deal with the harp on the can? Did you find anything in your research about that? Because I've always wondered why the harp and the whole thing about St. James Gate. I'll have to look, Josh. I didn't think to look that up. Well, because you know we talked about it in the, when we were talking about the half and halves that this is not the only beer that Guinness makes. They make mm-hmm. harps as mm-hmm. well. Harps, mm-hmm. and they call it harps because there is a harp on the label. And I was just wondering if that was. If it meant anything, or if there was a a story that went with it, yeah, I'm I'm reading it right now. It's it's based on a 14th century Irish harp known as O'Neill or Brian Burrow harp, which is now pre- preserved in the Library of Trinity College, Dublin. It is because of the harp trademark that Guinness Company named its first lager harp. Oh. So there's no real reason why they have it. No. Except it's just it's just that yeah. It's just a piece of Irish history. Mm-hmm. Well, so on the label of the Smithwicks there's a little castle and I that's I didn't talk about it, but that's because that land that I said that initially mm-hmm. was leased was on the castle in Kilkenny, the castle grounds of Kilkenny, Ireland. Okay. So that's why they have the little castle there. Okay. But anyway. I was just curious. I was just well, curious. I mean, so <laughs> I so think I, so my first it's it's the coat of arms too of Ireland. Oh, is the harp okay? So I guess maybe putting two and two together here, without reading the whole uh, Wikipedia, because they were they were brewing in Dublin, which is Ireland. And because the coat of arms of Ireland is the harp, they just adopted the harp. Maybe. And that first beer was, I guess the first beer they made was harps. May I? Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. But so, speaking of first beers, mm-hmm. when I turned 21, 
my first beer that I ever had was a Guinness. Ooh. And it was in a little pub, a little pub with Marie in Florence. Because okay. I turned 21 when I was over in Italy. Mm-hmm. Marie had taken me out, and we had, you know, I, I've talked about my, you know, first experience with wine, with wine and that experience on that trip, but my first beer that I had was a Guinness, and people were like, when I tell people, they're like, you're like, what? How was that ever your first beer? I was like, I, that, I mean, I was what you drank. You drank a lot of Guinness mm-hmm. around that time, mm-hmm. and I, I did not want to drink beer mm-hmm. because... Of how bad it smelled when you made it. Oh, okay. And I did not want to drink beer. You know, I was more of a wine and a liquor guy. Once I started to get into it, you know, beer always had this like standoffish thing with me because mm-hmm. I was afraid. Like, I really, I really, really don't like the smell of it brewing, especially trapped in a house. And so I stayed away from beer. But the first one I, the first one I had was a Guinness. What did that, did uh, Marie help you pick it out or what? No, there's I, other beers. No, I picked it. Well, okay. No, I picked it. As, I was like, oh, uh, you know, I think she had a gin and tonic and mm, I had okay. a beer. And then I tried the gin and tonic because that's the family drink. And I was like, nope. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I still back, can't get behind the gin. Back to the fish. It is, it is breaded and it's a white fish. I don't know if it's cod or what it is. But the breading, the, the white fish basically doesn't really have any taste. It really doesn't. Yeah. But the breading does. And so the breading has some sweetness to it that goes very well with the Guinness. Yeah. Now, one of the things that the Irish, the Scottish, and others do is use malt vinegar on their fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that adds, adds that different flavor of the malt vinegar, which kind of is bittering. Surprised you don't have malt vinegar. Well, I don't. I didn't want to conflict the fish with the malt vinegar and the pairing of today. I mean, I love it. That's the way I like to eat it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you. So I had the potatoes. The the, the chips are great. Yeah, you know, I think. I mean, potato and this, potatoes don't go bad with almost anything. So they're really good. And they're home fried. <laughs> they're fried at home. But I've also been snacking on the corned beef with the, <laughs> with the Guinness, and okay. it's really good. I, well, it's made for it. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, so I don't like a Reuben because I don't, uh, they're the sauerkraut and some of the other stuff I don't really care for. <laughs> but I think, you know, either of these beers would be great with a Reuben. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Reuben on, on Irish soda, even though it's supposed to be on rye. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got another story, Josh, for you. Yep. So back in April of 2018, Joanna and I were in Australia and we were on a catamaran and the intent was to do a lot of snorkeling around the great barrier reef right well it actually wasn't the great barrier reef we thought when we booked it that it was but it was some reef and it was really really fun but it wasn't officially the great barrier reef okay and we met a woman named elaine but she was not a really good swimmer and so when we would go snorkeling, we would, all of us had the life jacket on if we wanted it. And mm-hmm. if you wanted the noodles, you know, you'd take the noodles with you. And she asked me, would you hold my hand till I kind of get calmed down? <laughs> yeah. And I said, sure. Well, at the end of the sale, there, there was another couple, there was two other couples and Joanne and I and then Elaine. So the and then the captain and the cook. The thing that was fun was Elaine and Joanne and I weren't just heading off that night after we got off. Got off. Well, she made the mistake of saying, "Why don't you come visit?" And little did she know that you guys are like, "Okay, we'll we'll see." Well, we'll see I, you in a little bit. <laughs> well, we told her, "Don't you say it unless you mean." It. Right. So in September of that same year. <laughs> oh, that's right. We we went to Dublin, and we stayed in her flat. Yeah. And we met her brother, Michael, and her brother's girlfriend. I can't remember her her name. And then the neat thing, too, about Elaine is we we hadn't done our research correct. 
Ireland, Dublin, is part of the EU. So we yes. had, we had, pounds. No, we had EU money. You had euros. We had euros. We didn't have any pounds. Right. Right. Well, lo and behold, they take pounds and double. Well, yeah, they'll take them. <laughs> so, well, that's all they take. They don't take. They weren't taking. What? No. They weren't taking euros. No. They weren't taking. So she gave us pounds so that we could get on the bus and do the things we wanted to do. That's strange. Well, that's the way I remember it. No, I could see. I could see that when you visited David Christopher in Northern Ireland. Well, maybe, maybe I got it back. I was gonna say maybe you maybe had. I, I think you. I think you probably had pounds, but didn't I think have we euros. had pounds and we didn't have euros because, because. Well, no, that's what it did. Because you guys, that was the same trip where you went to Scotland. That's right. So you probably. I think you guys left straight from Scotland to go to Ireland. Uh, anyway, you know, we tour around. She tells us some places to go, and we go some places, and we end up going to St James Gate, and didn't go to my favorite Irish whiskey, but anyway. <laughs> We meet her one night at a restaurant, and, you know, we have dinner with her. I mean, she lives. We could have just gone back to her flat. I didn't want her to cook everything, so we met her at, at a restaurant. And, right. And she says, my mom and dad, they, they want to meet you. And I said, what? She said, yeah, yeah, they want to meet you. They've heard so much. I go, well, oh, okay. So we go to Brody's, and it's off the beaten track. This is not where the tourists go. Right, it's definitely a local spot. It's a local spot. And so we walk in, and there's Han, her dad, Angela, her mom, and there's this other fellow named Jimmy. And we're thinking, oh, well, you know, Jimmy's like Han's brother or something. No. He's like just a family friend. Just a- and every Thursday, Thursdays and Sundays, yeah, they go to this pub. And they drink their six pints. And then they go home and ride the bus. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he shook my hand and he wants to talk about, he wants to talk about Arkansas. And he wants to talk about Elvis <laughs> because they had been to Graceland. Oh, wow. And they, and they wanted to talk about Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really fun. And one of the things that was fun about it, you know, Con was drinking Guinness. I don't know what Jimmy was drinking. Elaine loves uh, Heineken. Yeah. And her mom drinks uh, Tourpole, Tourpole Gold. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Anyway, um, next thing you know, it's like Jimmy's singing. He's at, the, sp- at the table? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a bar, you know. What? No, it's a pub. It's a pub. And he's, he, they're starting to sing the song. Jimmy's over there singing in Irish. Uh-huh. In a true Gaelic. Irish bro. Yeah, I guess Gaelic, right. Beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. And then it's Con's turn. And I mean, if you just turned your head away, you would think it was Johnny Cash. <laughs> because he's, he's yeah. singing one of Johnny Cash's songs. And it's uh, like, you turn your head away. It's the Folsom Prison song. Oh, okay. In that, in that big, deep, deep, yeah. te- and deep Beautiful voice. And then Angela sings one. And I forget what Angela sings. <laughs> and then Angela turns to me and she says, it's your turn. I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, and everything is acapella job. Oh, of course. Yeah, everything. That's that's the best. Those are the best uh, uh, pub songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just when a group of people start singing them. So what did did you sing? I didn't. Okay. I told them I only sing in church, and that didn't count. (laughs) You know, that didn't didn't go for nothing. Did did mom sing? No. Okay. We were embarrassed. I mean, you know, what what song do we know? (laughs) You know, it's not like we're not singing family, actually, you know. No, we're not. But I think when we go back, we're going to have to be. You're going to have to figure, you're going to have to find a, like a pub song that like, if you start it, that the entire bar will like join in. Because that's like, those are some of the great ones where you can just find something where 
everybody will start joining in. And, well, that, and that's kind of what they were doing somewhat. We found out, you know, when Khan was working and he's retired now. Right. He was one of those big crane operators. Okay. A, he- a heavy crane operator? Oh, big one. Yeah, heavy. And what Michael told us was somebody could put a quarter on the ground mm-hmm. and the hook be 200 feet up in the air. Right. And he'd drop that hook and kiss that quarter <laughs> then bring it back up. You know, is that accurate? Well, yeah. So this is like, okay, now we're stepping into where I'm putting my educator hat on. We, in, in this country, we do not give the trade, the trades enough mm-hmm. push. Mm-hmm. We keep trying to send everybody to college. Not everybody needs to go to college. Like that type of skill is so incredible. And I mean, like that was, that was well known that he did that. You know, you know, nowadays we don't want people to go into construction. Right. It's, oh, you know, you better do good in school so you don't end up working construction. Well, that's like, you know how much money those guys can make? Right. Especially highly skilled, highly skilled laborers like that. He was probably sought after. Yeah. And I mean, he probably unionized <laughs> at that point. If you have those type of skills, you can just go so far. Okay, I'm getting way off topic. Here. Uh, that's all right. But, but we also found out later that Khan uh, was in a rock band. Con, the family friend, or no, the no, father. the father, the father. <laughs> what they do, Johnny Cash covers? I don't know what they did, but uh, yeah, we found out he was in a band. That's cool. And then he realized he couldn't make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make enough money for a family, so that's when he got into the the construction. Construction. You're right. I don't know what a crane operator would make. I mean, they probably make a a, a good, high quality crane operator probably makes more money than I do. Oh, uh, uh, well, it's a it's a good story, and yeah. I'll have to. Elaine was planning to come visit us, but kind of good. Uh, yeah, she's still planning to come. So. Where are you going to take her? It's a real good question. I mean, I mean, she's been, she's, she's been to Memphis. Well, I'm talking about in town. I don't know. Well, you know, we, I can't even count the Irish pubs that we have as really Irish. I mean, Hibernians, Hibernia, Hibernia may be the closest. May, is, is, yeah, because it's run by some Irish guys. And Cregan's, no. Well, Cregan's probably won't be around by the time she gets here. I don't know. Dugan's is, uh, Dugan's is, is puppy. Yeah, I'd say so. It, it, to me, it fits the pub feel of the local, mm-hmm. of a local place. Because mm-hmm. well, I know when I lived across the street from Dugan's, it was one of my places I would always go. Yeah, a lot of people. And a lot of people that were there lived nearby. Yeah. And, you know. And they're on this side of the river, and then you yeah. know, they were downtown. You know, Don Dugan does a good job over there. Yeah, he does. All right, best on plate. What do you got, Josh? Ooh. Um, my plate, I think I like the corned beef and the Smithwick. And the Smithwicks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very closely second the Irish soda bread because that was so, it was, such an, it was such an interesting pairing with that caraway mm-hmm. uh, to me. What about you? I I love the uh, oh, I love that meat too, but I'm with you about the soda bread. Yeah, I don't know that I've had that soda bread with the raisins or the caraway seeds. I don't remember. Then you have had, had it. soda bread. I yeah, but I I I guess the thing is I really hadn't dissected. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I've been thinking. I'm about just it. drinking beer and having the soda bread and right. having, having the corned beef and cabbage or or the Irish stew or something like that, but yeah, I, I think I go with you on the on the bread. And then on your plate, I really, the chip. I really like the chips. I mean, I I'm a sucker for a, a fried potato, mm. and it worked really well with the beer. Very close second. I mean, I only ate two things, but <laughs> <laughs> but close you second. know, close second was the was the stout because the or the the cheese because of its. She's inherent oddities mm-hmm. in how it worked with the beer. All right. What about you? I love the fish, but that's so normal. I'm going to go with the cheese. Uh, cheese was your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like you said, it, it, 
it wasn't the normal cheddar Dubliner that we've had before. It had that bittering with it, which kind of surprised me. And so I like I liked that pairing. I think the next time you do this, you should try and, like, right when the chips come out of the fryer, grate some of that cheese on top. Oh, because yeah. Because it'll have the salt and that little Ooh, funkiness. Yeah. I think That's that would be idea. good. Yeah. I think it would just be good on it. And cheese yeah, and okay. potatoes. So well. All right. All right. Well, you, uh, you ready to get blinded? I'm ready to be blinded. All right. Let's get it poured up. All right. So, Josh, when we were at the Brody's Bar, another thing happened that was <laughs> really cool. Yeah. So, the lights went out. Oh, okay. Well, it was not an outage. The bartender noticed a guy come in that had already had too many beers. Yeah. Or too many drinks. <laughs> okay. And so, the, they turned the lights out. And they told the guy, we're closed. <laughs> you need to go home. <laughs> and the guy turned around and go out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after he left, it's like, okay, turn the lights back on. Okay, we can go back to normal. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an interesting way to do it. <laughs> that's an interesting it way was, to do it. It was so funny. <laughs> cool. All right, well, I got the blind poured up, and um, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. So tell everybody what, she, what, uh, what tasting grid are you using? A deductive beer tasting method, and it's a tasting grid. All right, well, go ahead, go for it. All right, this beer is dark in color, and uh, ooh, I'm gonna have to. It's not real cold, but it's been been on ice for a while, or been cold. For no, a while. it's been it's been out of the fridge for a while. All right, this this time I wanted it to be closer to room temperature. All right, all right. So it's dark in color. It's got a brown looking head. It's, you know, I can't get any real eggs off of it. You know, the the head kind of just moves around with it. And smelling it, aroma. Hmm? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Oh, I heard a crack. Okay. Hmm. It's not my final answer, but it kind of smells like Lord God. Well, talk to us. Tell us what you're yeah, smelling. Don't I'm just go, mmm, and say it in your head. You got to say it out loud. Okay, I'm getting some uh, roasty characteristics. Can't say it's barrel age. I'm not, hadn't tasted it yet, just smell. But nice roasty, like chocolate smell and black in color. So I'm going to go and start a little taste here. No. Hmm. What do you taste? I'm tasting some good sweetness. Not a lot of bitterness. Going to do it again here. Are you getting any kind of like fruitiness on it or any kind of like hard or bitter or hoppy flavors on it? So I'm getting some some uh, fruity something. Not real hoppy that I can tell. Sweetness. I'd say medium, medium plus. Uh, the bitterness. It's there, but it's not that high. Yeah. So what about tartness? Do you get any kind of tartness on this? Yes. Or, or souriness? Yes. Like how much? Like is it just a little bit or is it like in your face? It's not in my face. It's maybe more than just a little bit, so it's medium. So it's, is it prevalent? Would you say it's more than the sweetness? The bitterness? The, no, not bitter. We're not talking bitter. We're talking tart, sour. Getting, yeah. Is that more than the sweetness? Hmm. I mean, trying to try to guide you a little bit. Oh, really? Help me out. Yes. So the tartness okay. is higher than the sweetness. Okay. Yeah, that the that finish is quick. Yeah. What were you gonna say? So that pop that you heard, mm-hmm. that was me going like, it just, yeah, like it. I, it made me pucker. It made my mouth go. Yeah. I've got that. Hmm. But you're right. There's a lot of like. Roast like on the like on the aroma, and after the tartness, there's a lot of like roasty, lightly sweet characteristics. To me, it's like if you had a chocolate covered lemon, like a dark chocolate covered lemon. Oh, that's and a good a explanation. Dark chocolate covered cherry, and you ate them at the same time. Ooh, wow, wow. 
That's, I mean, that's what it is. I love it. I, by the way, I love this beer. Okay. That's all, that's all the hints I got. What do you that's love it. about it? That's it. <laughs> I, I, I love everything. I love everything about this beer. Wow. It's, it's a good beer. There's no doubt about that. It's sweet, but it's tart. It's got fruit. Subtle. Um, what? What? So now. You said cherries. I think that's probably what kind of might be. So now, now just take a look at it. Mm-hmm. What do you think the base beer of this is? Do you think it's an IPA? Do you think it's a porter, a stout, a brown ale, a red ale, a something, you know, something else? I'd say the base is a porter. Okay. Do you think they have treated this in such a way that it makes it different than a normal porter? Oh, yeah. So what do you think they've done to it? They've put fruit with it. Okay. Porters don't seem to be as tart or porters aren't usually that bitter this is not that bitter of a beer either right that tartness is different so you think they've done something that has helped make it tart mm-hmm. okay what in your in your beer knowledge what do you think that could be i mean adding fruit is you know that's one thing that you've said yeah some special i don't know if they added fruit with it okay or or if they use some some special yeast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh man, now you got me all messed up. So let me, let me just let me ask you this, and I think I think I can let you off the hook. What you're saying is that you think this initially started as a porter, and then mm-hmm. they've used some yeast to sour it. Yes. To make kind of a sour porter. Yes. Okay. Cool. Where do you think the alcohol in this is? Um, it doesn't seem that high. Okay. But, you know, Guinness was only 4-2, and your Smithwich was 4-something. So what are you thinking? Give me 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Just make a guess, or a ballpark. I think it's higher than those two. Okay. Maybe 6. Okay. So you think this is a soured porter? Yes. At 6% alcohol? Yes. Cool. That's a, this is a fun beer. Yeah. Okay. Really like. We'll see what it is next week. Yeah. Come back next week and uh, figure out what this is. And I just want to give it. You know, before we end up, I just want to give a shout out to the Beer Avengers podcast. If you're listening to us and you love what we do here, go check out the Beer Avengers, like Avengers, but with beer in the front. They are a group of people out of undisclosed locations in the New York City metropolitan area. Undisclosed queen area. (laughs) And um, they have a core group of people who they do beer podcasts. They always talk about beer and they some they'll talk about pairings and everything. But sometimes they talk about they've done they've done cider. Right. Which is a brewed beverage. Yes. Brewed beverage. Which I would consider a beer. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) But uh, they do. They focus on beer and they've got a lot of they've got a lot of history. You know, in the beer community up in New York City, in the New York City area, mm-hmm. and they're just so fun to listen to. We actually gifted them a four pack of Nighty Night. That's right. And just recently, let's see now when this podcast comes out, it'll be so three weeks ago um, on their episode twenty three. They all all of them tried it at yeah. the same time, which and, is which un- is not which is unusual for them, yeah, right? Because normally they pour a different beer each, and they talk about their own personal beer. But this time they all pour the ninety nine, right? Which was awesome. Which was awesome, and they, you know they gave us a big shout out. So I want to give them a shout out because they are they're doing some really cool things up there. They're kind of they're like us. They're just, we're just getting our legs under each other, and um, we'd like to see. You know, I hope in a in a PC in a post COVID world, mm-hmm. they invited us up. Yeah, they've invited us. Maybe we can come, you know, sit down all together and do a big podcast on beer. And maybe we can throw in some pairings because they're uh, hooked in with a, a cheese shop, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we could do some real a, fun. A story of beer and cheese. That's right. In, I think it's in Queens. In Queens. Uh, so they, you know, they've got connections there. And, you know, I think it'd just be super fun. And I, I just want to tell them on our podcast and to say to thank you. And all of our listeners out there, if you love good beer, go check out their podcast. Give them a shout out there um, on Instagram. 
they're on all the you know all the all the same sites we are uh, when it comes to that. And um, mm-hmm. it was it was really cool to listen to them right. to try Nighty Night for the first time because I had kind of forgotten my first Nighty Night try. Oh yeah, because okay. it what it was four I don't know. four years ago, Probably. four or five years ago was my first Nighty Night try yeah. and just getting to experience that again with people yeah. who uh, who enjoy beer and enjoy good beer. Was uh, a well, the Belgian babe is one of them, and she said, Ooh, this is up in alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's it's labeled 10.5. Might be 12. (laughs) We're not going to say anything. There are legal fluctuations when it comes to taxes and and labeling laws. So, uh, but uh, we really appreciate their support. And if you like what we're doing here on the podcast, especially with our beer stuff, go check them out. They're doing a, they're doing an amazing job there. Right. Um, so next week, so we're kind of getting to this point with liquors that we're not quite sure how to categorize our liquors anymore. So next week, what we're going to do is we're going to do our favorite non whiskeys. Okay. So no whiskeys, no scotch, no bourbon, none of that next week. None of that next week. All right. <laughs> so dad, what are you going to do next week? I'm do Bacardi rum. You're gonna do a Bacardi rum, okay? That's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Um, I am going to be doing a Calvados. Well, you got me on that one. Yeah, so Calvados is a um, apple brandy from the northwest of France. Oh, okay. We'll get more into it um, during the episode, but I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, if you have episode ideas. Feel send them, yeah, send them. Feel free to send them to us. You know, we're on, you know, we're on Instagram as Acquired Tastings, Twitter as Acquired Tasting because of character limits. Uh, we're on Facebook. Reach out to us. Send us a message of some ideas or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get it. Um, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating or whatever star rating you see fit. Um, that just gives just us Just give more. us a low rating. Tell us why. Yeah, let, no and then, yeah, let us know what you like or what you don't like about the podcast. Like we said, we're here learning. We're not even a year in yet. Can you believe that? Not even a year yet. This might be number 38. <laughs> Something like that. Right. Um, but we're getting close to the year mark. But let us know what you like, what you don't like. Give us, you know, give us ideas of what you would like to hear on the podcast or even a pairing, a pairing idea. Yeah, that's fun. We'd love to hear from you guys, and we're just so thankful that you guys are listening to us. You are the reason that we do this, besides just us having an excuse to hang out. And drink. And And eat. And drink (laughs) and eat. So, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.